0: Part two, chapter twelve of Martin Schuler by Romer Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part two, Leipzig. Chapter twelve. Steinbach gave a dinner-party some weeks later to his young men friends. His dinner-parties were intellectual at the beginning and often rowdy at the end. To this dinner-party came Griffenhausen, who knew more about the antiquities of Greece than any man of his years paul Reinhertz and maurice von rittenberg historic authors one stout and one bohemian an artist august falls another artist jensen Christenholm, a swede who painted only naked women as they were not as the general public supposes they are the sixth was a russian pole who had tabulated human nature during his residence in a siberian prison and who like dostoevsky had returned much the worse in health and morals to write novels his novels were bad though startling he was always in debt always unclean and fierce in behaviour though of a weak and mild appearance his teeth were far apart his eyes pale and short-sighted his hair lank and fair martin was amused by him probably because he was a foreigner and certainly he said amazing things in an amazing way martin was not in time for dinner nobody waited for him they seated themselves in steinbach's modern dining-room round a round table covered with fruit and wine the russian began to smoke at once he was supposed to suffer from epilepsy but his fits never occurred unless he could gain something by them he had fits in the drawing-rooms of rich people in order that they might put him to bed and look after him for several days where is Schuler? said reinhardt looking at the empty chair che hella von rosenthal said steinbach somebody made an indecent and obvious remark he is still a rose in the bud said August falls the artist we expected more than we have got sneered Christenholm, the other artist the life of music is short music is a spasmodic art we are all fools if we expect any more musicians for a thousand years oh pooh cried rittenberg as he swallowed his hors d'oeuvres noisily don't you tell me that it is art that is on the wane knives and forks clattered and glasses clinked wine was poured out of bottles everything seemed to be in shimmering movement like sunlit water steinbach you got a bad egg when you went to heidelberg said somebody steinbach was silent he did not like being laughed at the russian spoke what is everybody saying my premonitions are wrong perhaps what premonitions everybody cried that i shall have a recurrence of my illness to-night oh pooh cried rettenberg we shall souse you in the bath if you do the noise grew the plate clattered voices hummed buzzed and shouted griffenhausen ate little steinbach nothing the others a great deal griffenhausen whispered to steinbach you have lost Schuler." perhaps he answered stiffly i suppose von rosenthal is his mistress perhaps said steinbach stiffly again people talk about them he kisses her publicly at her soirees i dare say i am sorry for you bernard what a disappointment he is running to seed i suppose we all expected something this march you shall have it in october steinbach barked he was angry and hurt and annoyed with martin because he had not come to dinner martin was hardly ever to be seen nowadays he took himself off to hella's house and the house of rich men who flattered him and treated him like a prince he spent steinbach's money came back drunk now and then and gambled rode and danced his time away then there was hella he steinbach had lost her but she seemed to have opened the gates of life to martin it would have been easy to throw martin over and kick him out of the house but steinbach was hampered by jealousy by fear lest somebody else should participate in the success that he himself hoped for and by love because he loved martin and looked upon him as a responsibility doors banged the door of the dining-room was flung open and martin gay and joyous came into the room hail my friends he cried caesar is late then flung himself into a vacant chair the servant offered him hors d'oeuvres no he said i'll go on with the rest i was hella somebody said martin frowned slightly hella is very well he answered make me a cigarette machinkov machinkov made him a cigarette then stood up and leaned across the table with a slight bow to hand it my friend he said in a voice too deep for his exterior the immutable truth lived at the bottom of the well nobody knew what he meant but somebody clapped his hands and said well done machinkov what do you mean said martin next time you are with your girl answered machinkov threaten to kill her threaten to kill a woman if you care for her mind if you only care for her body do the same thing it is amusing a lunatic said falls rittenberg thought no woman's equanimity would stand a threat of death griffenhausen said everything was less dear than life to some people but that others valued many things more he himself did not care how soon he died Machinkov, in a flash, produced a revolver and fired it off in the air. The suggestion caused Griffenhausen to think he had been taken at his word, and he fainted. A commotion took place, but he soon recovered and lived for many years under the shadow of that joke. Soon order was restored, and wines and cigars were spread in the smoking-room, where all the men shortly repaired. The din became deafening until Machinkov who hated noise of any kind after his long and silent siberian sojourn suggested cards and no sooner were they all seated at cards than he began to tell the fortunes of the three men at his table from the hands they held the fortunes were banal enough but as nobody is proof against the black arts soon everybody was clamouring for a display of clairvoyance except steinbach who said he believed in god if you will said Machinkoff, i must but if i have a fit be it upon your heads upon our heads be it cried everybody machinkov looked from one to the other he was a little drunk he was excited he hardly knew what he said all have blank faces he said griffenhausen is a fool and of no use in this world what are the antiquities we live a little in the present he is in too much of a hurry to belong to the past Father of heaven, he suddenly cried, looking at Martin, about whom he felt a stupid jealousy, but whom he dared not mention first for fear of being accused of charlatanism. Jensen Christenholm must beware of himself. He is a low and cruel man. Thy place in hell is hot, Jensen Christenholm. I see the devil with his tongs, nipping the soft parts of your body. He pretended to shiver as if in the first stages of a fit kristenholm laughed but he felt the powers of evil run coldly down his spine when denounced one's convictions are apt to give way even in fun it is uncomfortable to be denounced the russian took a drink of brandy and becoming more drunk and more excitable let out a flow of language that was unintelligible even to himself i see suddenly burst out Machinkov, Martin Schuler crucified upon a high tree unfaithful unfaithful cry the carrion crows as they pluck out his once luminous eyes unfaithful unfaithful his bonds burst he falls from the tree he walks he is full of death damned art thou Martin Schuler one way and another i have lived in prisons i have worked in mines i have stenched with filth and degradation but i have not stenched as martin Schuler stenches and his death's walks martinkov wrestled with his collar and groaned oh i am bewildered at the sight of your degradation no diamond is true that will not withstand fire hark hark he howls as the dogs tear him as he walks dogs tear him is he alive yes dogs tear him do you see yourself as you prowl in the night what a labor to live at the top of the hill you will die how steep the hill is how barbarous the rocks is there no top to this hill you cry at the top you die you live a little longer after you are dead a minute perhaps that minute is everlasting that is hell hell is timeless hell has no locality for you it is that minute when you are dead on the top of the hill machinkov shuddered and pitched forward two of the men caught him and brandy was poured down his throat in a minute he spoke there he said i almost had a fit but his eye was steady and cold he was pleased because he had made a sensation he was looking for martin martin and steinbach had gone steinbach was walking in the dining-room in a miserable temper he had gone there at the outbreak of clairvoyance martin had just been in to him and had struck his face before he had time to retaliate or do anything else martin was gone when martin arrived at hella's house it was after midnight he let himself in with a key and went to her bedroom the opening of the door woke her she saw the outline of a man who is it she said breathlessly i said martin i am betrayed who has betrayed you steinbach oh my god my god he cried i shall kill him i shall go back and kill him and then myself hella sprang from the bed and ran to him don't don't she cried oh martin don't she felt his breast heave in fury i must kill that man i have struck him i must kill him no no hella left him hastily and put on a dressing-gown then she led him into the drawing-room she believed he was drunk my dear she said holding his arm as they stood watching the red embers of the fire my dear do nothing rash rash howled martin he hired a russian to insult me he cannot goad me into servility with his insults i shall kill him let me but tear up all i have written let me but get back when they have all gone you must tear nothing up for my sake said hella remember you are going to be my husband in may my husband i want my husband and all his works i love his beautiful works oh dearest martin i love you may is not the question now said martin i shall shoot steinbach he renounced however his last intention to shoot steinbach as he said it hella was crying how lovely she looked with her hair flowing over her shoulders she was good too she loved martin perfectly and unselfishly and an agony filled her heart lest he should do anything outrageous darling she said you must not kill bernard martin growled you can marry him the reply but he will be shot sprang to her lips she almost smiled as she answered instead i do not love him they still stood in front of the fireplace martin's hands were in his pockets he frowned and puffed out his cheeks i cannot go back to his house a huge wave like a wave of the sea caught up hella's spirit and threw it at his feet you can stay here she said meekly i cannot you come here often she said almost bitterly i do he sighed but he turned and took her into his arms hella hella my love she put her arms round his neck and whispered in his ear we will go to switzerland up in the mountains you will forget just alone you and i and you can call me your wife my wife said martin kissing her hand and we will not think of bernard at all yes he said I will shake his dust off the soles of my feet end of part two chapter twelve recording by expatriate in bangor maine